Hello, welcome to the Artificially Intelligent Podcast, where a white, cracker-ass, hunky comedian in the Midwest, that's me, Nathan Timmel, speaks with his uh, best African-American person of color friend, that's Barrett Antar Goodwin, a musician in Philadelphia. And then today we have a guest, it's going to get very confusing because uh, we have another comedian and another Nathan. So Nathan Hultz is the guest. And I'm going to get up and close the door while everyone says hi so that uh, my wife's coughing does not uh, keep coming through. She's, she's got the vid. Actually, she tested uh, negative, but uh, yeah. but uh, she's got a respiratory infection. Introduce uh, yourself to one another. Hey, I'm mate. also a cracker white-ass honky. <laughs> just so we're clear. So, okay. Also named Nathan. Right. <laughs> it's going to make this very confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just call me the good one. Uh, god damn it bear's laughing which means i missed something funny Mm. no he was just he was just saying how honored he is to be here (laughs) that is funny like he's got a red backdrop i've got a red shirt oh i guess so and i got a black black hoodie right yeah (laughs) um there now i can go as ted kaczynski for halloween um So what uh, Barrett and I have talked about a couple times, and I figured since you're a comedian, we'd, we'd talk about again, is um, personal bias. Uh, the, the way you take something that's personal to you, uh, you get offended by it. But if you don't care about it, then it's OK. And what I mean by that is I posted a joke recently that was a two parter. I posted it online and uh, um, the first part I poked a little fun at Christianity. I, I called the Bible a book of fairy tales written by goat herders that didn't know where the sun went at night. And oh, then yeah, you poked a little fun at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pointed out an accuracy. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, and then the second <laughs> half, I described Richard Reed, the shoe bomber as a bearded fella. And as of right now, I think there are over 300 comments on it. And I would say 97 to 98% are overwhelmingly positive. They, they love it. Fantastic. 3% are then negative. Yeah. Um, 90%, 97%, 98% of the negative comments say that uh, you had me until you said bearded fella. That's racist, Islamophobic. You shouldn't say that. And then one tiny percent said, um, I didn't like uh, goat herders. They didn't like the Bible comment. And so what I did was, I went back, I, everybody that commented that said that they literally said, you had me until you said bearded fella. Some people said you had me all the way up till bearded fella. And then that's racist. And what I pointed out was, I find it interesting that you were watching the video. When I poked fun at Christianity, that was a okay. When I purposely described Richard Reed as a bearded fella, so that people could draw their own conclusions and lean towards islamophobia but that's something they do on their own like i did it on purpose to bait people um even though i was being specific i i said it generally to see where people i thought it was funny that then they said no i don't i'm okay with you poking fun at christianity but when you suggest that a terrorist might be islamic that's hateful and when i pointed out that richard reed was a bomber most of them went away and said yeah but still not all terrorists like they had nowhere to go and others suggested they knew exactly one guy wrote oh i i actually took a screenshot of his thing i want to read it um he came at me a couple times and he said i said i I was talking about richard reed he goes i know exactly what you were talking about you you were being whatever so i looked up his profile and uh his profile his his little tag literally says 
I won't engage in negative comments. He came on my joke <laughs> and started a fight, but his profile says nice. it's not about negativity. So yeah. that, that's the running discussion we've been having is just people that they, 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 have, they do these mental gymnastics to justify what they like and what they don't like. And I find that interesting. I find it sad. I find it human. We're all hypocrites, but uh, what are your thoughts? Do you have any jokes that have had that happen or any situations where someone has said, you know, I really liked this about you. I really didn't like that. And I mean, or even in the same joke, like mine. I, oh my gosh. Um, yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I work at a guitar store so that my day job, I work at a guitar store, right? That's, you have that's, a sign up that says no stairway to heaven. No. Uh, it, the modern day version of that is no more avenged sevenfold. It's not sweet child of mine anymore. I still it's hear that still, every time. It's still sweet child of mine. <laughs> I hear but, it so much in like guitar centers and stuff. But all at, the, day. at the very all least, day. I can I can distinguish that song from any other song, right? <laughs> but any avenged sevenfold. If a kid walks in with a bad haircut and it goes straight to the Jackson seven strings, I'm just I know I know I have to put a time limit. I know I only have 20 minutes before I need a cigarette. <laughs> it's, it is, it, it, if I, I'm, I can, at least those kids are trying. The other kids are just, chug, 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 chug. anyway, sorry. Uh, however you feel about mental. Uh, oh, I hope I didn't delete it. Um, I don't I, know what Avenge Sevenfold is, so I'm, I'm old. It's the city of evil. It's one of those things I've heard the name, but it's it's kind of like Justin Bieber. I I know who he is, but actually, I I the first time I did hear a Justin Bieber song, I was I I don't want to say, but I just like really because you know, like I had in my head that it was going to be bad, and then when I heard it, I'm like, okay, seriously, who the fuck listens to this? Pretty good. It's good stuff. I remember when Mbop was popular. And I had to give that at least a modicum of credit. I said, okay, I don't like this, but it's not for me, but I get that it's catchy. It's redundant. It's repetitive. I don't like it, but it is for 14 year old girls have 14 year old girls got stupider. That's what I thought when I heard Justin Bieber, did you find the post you were looking for? I, I, I did. So, um, I work at a guitar store and, and this, this nice gentleman came in and I sold, I spent an hour and a half with him selling him a, a acoustic amp and um and a microphone right and he came in and he's he was he wanted a friend and i i I guess i was it that day and so we spent a long time working on this stuff and he so told me some of these um he writes comedy songs after he found out i was a comedian he writes comedy songs um that are a little bit politically leaning Mm -hmm. and so uh he it was something along the lines of like Hillary Clinton um, isn't good at blowjobs, but it was, it, it kind of <laughs> dipped like tiptoed around like that kind of stuff. Um, so this guy uh, found out I was performing in his town. So he comes and sees me and uh, he wrote me a letter and sent it to my work at, at the guitar store he sent it to you or your boss he sent it to to me he addressed to nathan holtz at the guitar store um as to your performance 
the good news, you have a great stage presence and a lot of confidence. You had, you had a good start. The bad news, you drove into the ditch, or should I say the sewer, with the material that was something and with profane language. And there's no humor and infidelity, even hinting at it, only pain and loss. So I sometimes hit on an old woman in my act. Like I will, I will like a gilf. A like grandma you'd I'll, like to fuck. wink at a very like a, a obviously attached older woman, usually up front. You know, I'll wink and wiggle, you know, and I'll say, Oh, I'm gonna take you home, you know, stuff like that. Oh, oh, an audience member. I was I was thinking like yeah. in one of your jokes, you you hit on oh. a woman. You mean an audience member you you fake yeah. flirt with. Okay. Yeah, I flake for I yes, like in in or even yeah, just just occasionally I'll just do that when when the mood mood strikes me. So I said something, she said something sassy, and I was like, Oh, you, you know, I'm gonna have to I have to take you home, something like that. And so um I I avoid using the word bitch in my act. I don't like the word. Um, and so, but I, I hint that I'm going to say that. And then I say a bit rude. Um, and so he's like, it's how odd that you're squeamish to about the B word, but had no problem shouting Jesus Christ in a bit. Right. So like this guy is talking about <laughs> blowjobs because it's political. It's fine. But because I took the Lord Jesus Christ in vain, uh, he and several of his friends left the show. Let's be honest here. Is it because <laughs> it's political, it's fine? Or is it because Hillary's a liberal Democrat bitch? And I don't like the word either. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I, I, I worked with a guy who um, I worked with him four shows a weekend, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I'm not going to give his name. And uh, I, I after the first show, I was like, wow. Put it in the chat. What's up? Put it in the chat. Yeah, he refers to women as a bitch a lot. And so on the second show, I uh, counted and I said, uh, what's uh, why do you always call women bitches? He's like, well, I don't really do that. I'm like, uh, you do it at least eight times in your set. You, you were on stage for 25 minutes and you said you every every joke where you mentioned a woman, you said, so the bitch. So this bitch. So I and I was like, no, I don't. I'm like, I just counted. And it was completely <laughs> unconscious on his part. But I picked up on it immediately. Like every time there was a woman in his set, he referred to her as a bitch. But getting back to your guy, um, yeah, I, I would imagine that it's, you know, it, I was using his mind that yeah. Hillary Clinton is a liberal baby eaten Satanist. And yeah. so it's OK to make fun of her and talk about, uh, you know, why Bill wanted to fuck Monica. Yeah, because Hillary uh, is, uh, you know, chicken leg prude. Yeah, but yeah. you saying Jesus Christ. And mm. he doesn't swear in those. Yeah, well, and he doesn't swear. So I, that, that, that happened to me recently. But uh, more specifically about like me, my personal kind, uh, I got super mad at someone making fun of Steve Jobs. And I have no, like, I'm an Apple fan, but like, I got, I got so mad. <laughs> at, like, so what, what did he say? He said, uh, um, Steve Jobs was uh, killed by his own arrogance. And I was like, so arrogance causes cancer. And then I just started yelling <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got, I got so mad. I, but, but, but if, uh, you know, if you want to make fun of any other person that like Elon Musk, fair game, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like whoever, <laughs> just because I've had an iPhone since iPhone four, I'm a fan. <laughs> and, you know, 
uh, I sold Max for a little bit. So it's it just got. I, I got to tell you, I'm I've been struggling today. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, I'm a I'm a Packer fan. Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback, and uh, several weeks ago, a couple months at this point, he came out with his idiot stance on vaccinations, and I had to you know. I had to separate and go, okay, I can still like him as a quarterback. He's obviously an idiot when it comes to medicine. Um, fine. You know, I, I didn't worship him in the first place. I still don't worship him. I still think he's a great quarterback, but I can, I can separate. And then this morning I jump on Twitter and he's trending and I, and I, and I start to get a headache in my eye. I'm like, Oh boy. And I click on it. Does anybody know what happened? So last night he does interviews in his house, kind of like we're doing with Zoom. And he had a bookshelf and he was asked about his bookshelf. And he very proudly uh, pointed out uh, Atlas Shrugged and how much that book meant to him. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. Like, how do I still now I have to like, okay, he's still a good quarterback and I still like watching him play. And he's obviously a dumb fuck. And, And so, of course, the entire Twitter thread was people pointing out that you know oh aaron must still be 19 years old because that's when you read that shit and believe in it and then you grow up and get over it and blah 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 yeah (laughs) i get it i get it it's hard to it's hard to separate like the the artist from the art too because yeah anytime right because i still i mean remix to ignition fucking (laughs) (laughs) well i guess the point i'm making is the guy walked out on your show (laughs) Is that an Avenged Sevenfold uh, reference that I didn't get? Uh, R. Kelly. It's a black joke. Oh, (laughs) is it? Did I make it? No, it's a a joke that black people will get. (laughs) That's what I I mean, I am wearing a Jordan Jordan hoodie, so I'm trying to represent. Because like you said it and I got it in me. I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. I know what you mean. It's it's like is the remix to ignition hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama rolling that body got every man in here wishing. Yeah, man, it's a good shit. <laughs> That's me looking over my head to see where what what I'm missing. <laughs> no, but uh, I guess where I was going is uh, I I can separate or understand that humans are complex, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers is uh, sharp in one area and dull in others. And this guy walked out on your act. Um, he couldn't separate. He, he because we live in a society where you have to be all in. Yeah. You know, we, we're, if if you have nuance or if there's anything that doesn't match, you 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 get cast out of the tribe. Yeah. And you know, I, I have friends that like the Packers that are like, "Fuck it, I don't like Aaron Rodgers anymore." I'm like, "Really? I mean, just because he's a dummy? I mean, yeah. did you expect a football player to be a?" doctor or scientist i mean the the thing that's amusing is he called himself a critical thinker i'm like how are you though um (laughs) but uh how often so that's one experience i had an experience something similar where um someone found out it was comedian and then said do you use vulgar vulgar language in your act i said sometimes i try not to but you know every so often they go i don't go to shows if the comedian swears and i said oh that's interesting why because i'm a christian and I said, okay, well, didn't God invent all language? And then that nothing had nothing to say to me. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just asking a question. I, I, I oh, the word fuck is a word. Whatever you apply to it is what you apply to it. Causing yeah. trouble, man. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I will say. I feel like, again, this stuff comes down to the fact that we just have no ability to see ourselves objectively. 
you know like as 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 humans like our biggest flaw to me why i think if there's a god that he slash she slash they whatever is um you know i love that right (laughs) is a a sadistic comedian you know like just give us all the potential in the world but make us make our ego ego so fragile that it's comical yeah. Right? Like, like, like all the mixtures of our psychology and biology and how they can so easily be weaponized against us, you know, like basic by like McDonald's preys on your need, your caveman need for sugar and fat and these things. And that's why this shit tastes so good. So it's like, but nobody cares. And like all the, the left, the right, the this, that everybody preys on our biological weaknesses and our mental weaknesses that are just innate, it seems. And that seems to be one of them. And because well, I, I think the other is not just that, but it's preying upon, and it's a sense of belonging. We all, yes. everybody, everybody, yes. you, th- you, hear, you hear about famous celebrities that have everything. They say they feel alone. Everybody has something in them that feels alone. And so that's, I believe, why they latch onto these tribes and, and go. Yeah full-on team AOC or full-on team Trump or yeah because that way I mean and we've talked about this on here when I was a teenager and an angry teenager and alienated as all teenagers are I found a great home uh, among heavy metal I'd go to a Slayer concert and fit in like thrashing like oh these are my people you know so I get but you're supposed to grow out of it oh and by the way the mental gymnastics I did with Aaron Rodgers is I would love it if he was trolling people because that would make that sounds like something I would do is like, oh, if I talk about, uh, you know, uh, the uh, fountainhead, that's the one I read. Uh, Atlas Shrug, that'll set people off. That, that's something I would do. So that's I, my hope is that he's just trolling I, people. I, 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 he's turned himself into a heel if <laughs> in like wrestling terms. Yeah. Right. Like, like I don't follow football a whole lot just, be, just in the, the regards of like fantasy football because I play, I'm in a group with like, uh, some college friends. And so, but lately he's just kind of been a heat, like the slicked black hair. He's, he's being more vocal when he's mic'd up, you know, like what, what, did, what did he scream? He's I like, own you. I, I always own you. Own. I was always fucking own you, which was great. Yeah. I thought that was a great moment. It's, it's pretty, but it's, but it's, it's a heel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sounds like a speech you made right after you pinned the heavyweight champion after cheating. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's, that's it's pro wrestling is what it, it it feels a lot like. And like his State Farm commercials, he looks Are horrible. They he looks so uninterested, like a heel. Like he's it looks to like to be fair, everyone's really uninterested really- in those. The fact that here, here's what pisses me off the most about those State Farm commercials: the fact that last year, um, I can't even think of who it is. Progressive, whoever does the Baker Mayfield commercials, those are fucking fantastic, and it shows how effective they are. That I love the commercial, but can't even think of which insurance company they're for or what product. <laughs> but last year, whatever whoever did the Baker Mayfield commercial showed how good they could be and then state farm this year just said now we're going to do the same garbage with Mahomes and rogers (laughs) we did last year that everyone fucking hates and and so yeah aaron Rodgers looks bored because they're boring commercials the affleck commercials are hard to watch (laughs) i don't know that i even watch them um it has like uh, how do you see commercials if you don't watch football that's the only time i see commercials is during football i watch i watch the nfl network but i only watch 
I only watch the other team. <laughs> you just watch for your fantasy. No, I watch. I watch the Viking. Oh, okay. So, I, how'd that work for uh, for you on Sunday night? I'm I'm a I'm a Vikings fan. I know. How'd that work out for you Sunday night? Like it's supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) So you were ready for it. Yeah. I what I yeah. I bet that other that first victory probably felt really good though. It did feel good. Yeah. Surprised the shit out of everyone. Like, how (laughs) the fuck did they do that? Yeah, me too. I I did not bet on the Vikings. (laughs) It was it was not that's not who I intended. I barely watched that game. I barely watched that game. I, I, the only time I can watch it is on my phone because I have the Verizon app. So it, yeah, yeah. It. That's and how I watch Monday night. I, the, the regular games I watch it. We just bought an antenna because we, we cut cord, cut cable, don't have any, but it's still broadcast over HD on antenna. So that's how I watch that. But the, um, the eye roll my wife gives when football's on TV, it gives her a migraine. So it's just not worth it. <laughs> my wife was fine with football until we had kids and then suddenly injuries and concussions really started to concern her and i'm like our kids don't play football but she's like anybody doing that to themselves is like this overall mom thing it's for anyone's kids yeah yeah anyone's health or safety i mean but to tie it into his his wrestling your wrestling analogy if we start putting more and more pads on football players and thicker and thicker helmets pretty soon it's just going to be professional wrestling with a ball you know like that's where it's headed (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you're not wrong the 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 roughing the passer rules this year are i mean basically there is almost no sacking the quarterback anymore you can bump into him you can but nine times out of 10, if you take a quarterback to the ground, you're getting a flag. So they're, they're, yeah. Rules have, uh, have picked up. Man. It's, it's funny. Cause when <laughs> there, do you know, there's a Patrice O'Neill joke where he talks about playing football as a kid. And if you gave somebody a concussion, like you were proud of that. Yeah. Like you were like, yo, you, that's because your mama shouldn't let you come out and play with the adults, son. You know what I mean? Like the guy's <laughs> laying on the ground getting carried off in a stretcher and yep. people are making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, do you remember when we were kids, what they used to say about football players that got carted up there and say, well, he got really got his bell rung. But that right. was it. They, they didn't say, holy shit. He's it. like, <laughs> like if someone pulled a Theisman and you saw the, the leg go back the other way. Okay. That hurt. But if yeah. he got dinged, you know, and knocked out, they're like, whoa, look at that. That was a good hit. It was literally a good <laughs> hit if you took someone out I of mean, the game without yeah. breaking an appendage. They also called PTSD shell shock. Yes. And it was like, um, it was like a, a funny term. Right. You know? yeah. It was like, oh, he's a little goofy. Well, let's tie this into <laughs> what we've been talking about because uh, uh, Barrett doesn't follow football at all. Uh, how how aware are you bit. with uh what happened with antonio brown on sunday i all i i i don't even know how many home runs were in a touchdown okay so antonio brown is a very um i guess controversial player he he throws tantrums did he sit an entire season out while he was waiting to get traded from the steelers i forget i know there's a big kerfuffle when he when he wanted off the steelers so then he went to oakland and um, never played a game. He went through preseason, but w- was always being demanding. He's a diva. He- he's the Mariah Carey of football. And on Sunday, 
he got into it with the coaches on the sideline. Christmas. What's that? Sorry, you said Mariah Carey football, so he only plays at Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't That's a fucking good line. I like that a lot. <laughs> so uh, on Sunday, he got into it with his coaches and quit. You've never seen a football player quit in the middle of a game, but he literally on the sidelines took off his jersey, took off his shirt, threw it into the stands, went into the end zone. The teams are on the field getting ready for a play, and he goes into the end zone, does some jumping jacks, waves to everybody shirtless, and then runs down the tunnel. And everybody – and here, here's why I'm bringing it up to in relation to what we are talking about. Personal hypocrisies. Most of social media is saying, oh, my God, that did not look like an arrogant football player. That looked like someone having a manic episode. He needs help. That sounds like a mental illness. I hope he, and, and uh, in the post-game interview, Tom Brady said it. He said, um, I hope he gets the help he needs. But my point is social media went nuts saying everybody can make fun of Antonio Brown if they want. I don't think that's fair. He needs help. And relating that to personal hypocrisy, I can almost guarantee that at least 90% of the people who said Antonio Brown needs help after watching that are the same people that would take someone that is bipolar and alcoholic and gets caught at his worst moment in life because of his bipolar, untreated bipolar disease, and who had just the shittiest upbringing, not shittiest, but had an insane father. So someone, someone has an insane father, they're bipolar, and they're alcoholic. And the same people that say, oh, my God, Antonio Brown needs help would say, Mel Gibson, fuck him. Why does he work in Hollywood? Fuck Mel Gibson. He, he's an asshole. It's like, isn't it the same thing? Mel Gibson had a manic episode when he was drunk. Oh, he's anti-Semitic. He said horrible things. I don't forgive anything he said, but look at the root of the problem. And I find it interesting that people will say, oh, mental illness is something we should talk about, just not when it involves Mel Gibson. And you hear that all Mel the time. I'm going to. I think it's partially Mel Gibson, but I think it was really who he was talking about. Like, there's just, you know, there's certain communities you're not allowed to talk about. You just can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there is, there's, there's no saving for that. You know what I mean? I also, and he just, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. There is like the untouchables, right? Not yeah. even untouchable, but like, it's like, hey, man. It, it, it's always like punching up or punching down, right? It's kind of the <laughs> kind of the thing, right? Yeah. And so like, anyway, uh, my my, I agree with you, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying, Barrett. But what I'm what I, I'm also curious about is timing, because we've had a cultural shift mm-hmm. when we talk about mental health, right? And so I remember the Mel Gibson thing, that was ten years ago. Probably or maybe even more at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. This podcast is probably sponsored by BetterHelp now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like well, like, I so not like, to interrupt, I apologize, but what I'm saying is I get how we responded back then, yeah. but I would wish that we would say, Oh, looking back, mm-hmm. he was having a manic, but nobody does that. People today still say to to, yeah. to Mel. Yeah. Um, I think he was also a storied prick before that. <laughs> <laughs> so they were just waiting for something to, to jump on him for. I can't. I don't know. I've never I've never hung out with him. But like um, you hear nothing but good stories up until that moment. People said he was fine. Right. He was, you know. Uh, yeah. The director, producer, 
top man <laughs> in Hollywood right. got some good reviews. Well, um, in and again, I'm starting to sound and like I'm a Mel Gibson playing, apologist. Playing devil, okay. I, I don't care. I don't have a dog in this fight. I hate no, it. Neither do I, but I'm just <laughs> like, so Chris Noth, uh, when he was accused of sexual misconduct uh, last week, the floodgates opened. Suddenly there were five women. Um, and I think there's more now. Like when Bill Cosby, the floodgates opened. With Mel Gibson, the floodgates never opened. It was, wow, he did that thing on PCH and he made that phone call to his girlfriend, but it wasn't everybody he ever worked with going, yeah, when I was on set with him, he like that never happened. So I found that I find that and I never thought of it until right now, until you said he was a you know jokingly a prick. I, I never realized, but yeah, no one I, ever I don't know. I, I I but I remember I remember hearing like he was hard on people, hmm. right? Um, like I know the whipping scene, like I just know a lot about the Passion of the Christ because my podcast uh talks about it way too much. And so <laughs> um my my podcast partner is um is was in was in um went to seminary like two years after that movie came out. So like uh, we talk about it way too much. But anyway, the the uh the whipping scene he made him do like so many times and stuff like that. There's just like this, you know, kind of Stanley Kubrick. I was just gonna reference Stanley, but I was gonna wait. You know, esque like hard on people kind of thing. But I don't that doesn't mean you're racist. I've said super racist things in heat of moments you know what i mean like yeah behind the wheel of my car i'm racist against white people when i'm driving you know because you're driving well let's 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 wrap this in uh since you know passion of the christ well um i find it interesting personal hypocrisies that when martin scorsese's um willem dafoe movie came out what was that called was that that was that called? No, that was Passion of the Christ. Wait, were, were they both? Did they both have passion in them? I don't know anything about Scorsese doing a Christ film. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe when it when it came out. So so Scorsese's film was about Christ's internal struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane, where it was uh, where it, like, Father, I don't want to be crucified. I'm in pain. This is frightening. And people wigged the fuck out. They're like, how dare you say that Jesus did anything but go to the cross? Like, hey, everybody crucify me. I'm dying for your sins. Yay. Whereas when Gibson creates his torture porn, everybody said, yes, you have to see this. This is the most important film of all time. And I found that hypocrisy interesting in in the sense that. They seem to be really the, the, the people that love the passion of the Christ seem to like have a hard on for torture. The idea that you have to understand what Christ did for us. You have to see him suffer, but you can't imagine him as a human with internal conflict or thoughts or fear. And again, the, the idea that Jesus can't be presented as a well-rounded human being. He just those has to same, be like those same people shouldn't meet uh the members of motley crew (laughs) i have to look up scorsese's film now because like you you don't want to meet your heroes right right (laughs) you don't want to meet your heroes that's i think i i mean it's it's a it's a it's a good it's a good thought the last temptation of christ that was the scorsese film the last temptation of christ the peter gabriel soundtrack album was passion that's why I threw passion yeah, uh, in the title of the movie. Sure. But yeah, 
Yeah. And, and you don't want to meet your heroes because I'm not sure what I'd say to Aaron Rodgers at this point. Like, Hey, um, is it weird to have a, a, a your hero be younger than you? No, because I'm just old as dirt. So, you know, everybody's younger than me at this point. <laughs> the, um, I don't know if I have heroes anymore because back in the day, it probably would have been Sting and Peter Gabriel. And I'm not saying they're not now, but I'm saying that I'm old enough to where I look at everybody as human. Like I, talking I, about the police or the wrestler? The <laughs> both um but yeah I, I don't i don't elevate people anymore that's why i was able to to look at rogers and say all right dumb fuck fine you're still a great quarterback like yeah. i i used to elevate people and um it didn't get me anywhere and so now i just look at people for what they are oh really talented at this and flawed in other areas just like i am full of flaws so i try and recognize that about others and and i probably fail a lot but i try do you think that you recognize that as a young person and i i ask no no as a young person i was just angry because that's what young people are sorry go ahead yeah like i i feel like what i'm encountering a lot these days is an acute awareness of one's own problems but a, a real lack of awareness about the fact that it's your responsibility, right? Like the differentiation between fault and responsibility. A lot of the shit that happens to you isn't your fault, but it is your responsibility, right? And I've been seeing that a lot recently and just seeing the fact that like, Again, I, I never know how to put these things in ways that... Uh, Uh-oh, we're going to race. It's not even race. It's just, it's not nice. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, but, but if we're talking about, but when, like when I was a young person, it would have been hard to convince me that my problems were one of my own doing, definitely, and two, something that I could solve. Right. Like all of my problems were caused because other people wouldn't stop doing something rather than I needed to start doing something to solve these problems, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that, but that has shifted. Like at a certain point, I did understand my humanness and that I'm just flawed and so is everybody else and that that's okay. And that the best we can do is the best we can do. And that's it. Right. That's, kind of how it goes right yeah and when you get to that point that you can you really do start to forgive other people like right like you forgiving aaron Rodgers, like 10 years ago could you have done that or 20 years ago could you have done that i mean you'd only been five but still i'm I'm actually a hypocrite because i didn't really start liking the packers until brett Favre was gone because i always knew he was a douchebag and so Mm -hmm. when he started texting dick pics to uh reporters and or being very vocal about his support for Trump, I was like, this is the guy I always knew he was. And he's finally, you know, exposing it to the world, pun accidental. And so I still have issues with him because he always played the, well, shucks, I'm just a country boy from Mississippi role, but was also quietly evil. Like, oh, shucks, I'm just a family man. Hey, click, here's my dick. You know, like, (laughs) and so... I'm yeah, a hypocrite in that, that I find like ways in dollars a year. You just... <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, so yeah, I'm still a hypocrite in that I've never, 
I don't want to say forgiven him because I was just always like, you're, you're a fucking hypocrite. At least if you're going to be a dick pic sending, you know, douchebag uh, that cheats on your wife, allegedly, which uh, there are lots of stories. Anyway, um, just be that like Antonio Brown has been very vocal about being a douchebag. Like he was on camera tons of times being an asshole. So when he blew up on the sideline, took off his jersey and threw it, I was just like, oh, Antonio's being Antonio, which is why it was interesting to see people like, oh my God, he needs help. It's kind of in character for him. So that's, I guess, if anything, maybe, yeah, hypocrisy is where I maybe draw the line. At least Aaron Rodgers is vocal. Like, yeah, I don't like vaccinations. I, uh, you know, read shitty self-help books disguised <laughs> as bad fiction i don't know take check out some l ron hubbard books those are the best yeah um, hmm yeah i mean i wonder yeah i mean this this does come back to the mel gibson point like i think you're right like we're very bad at forgiving in this country you know like we're very bad at forgiving people like if they forgive you right away then they'll just let it go right like the Bill Cosby thing, the stuff came out, but it kind of just went away and it came out again and it kind of went away and then yeah. it kind of stuck. Like, a well, bunch it, of it came out, later, it went away, it came out, it went away, and then what, 10, 15 years later, 20, then yeah. Hannibal, Bur yeah, but it, it, it right, like simmered, it, it went, it was, it was a minute though, like, you yeah. know, and even the R. Kelly thing, like, he got away with that for, for a hot minute, like, yeah, he was like, people were like, he was peeing on them girls and they're like oh my god he peed on a bunch of 15 year old girls and people's response was well they could have moved they didn't they knew he asked them he told them and i was like you do know they're 15 and in r kelly's dressing room right like that's the issue whether he pees on consenting adults is their business but like they're children yeah. and and they're not like the law says that they're not capable. That's not consent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a real thing. And, and he put out that dope ass album and everybody went, whatever. So <laughs> just went to the club. Shit was ridiculous. <laughs> there's like, um, there's a band, there's like a punk rock band. They're the, like emo punk. It's like uh, behind the veil or, uh, Anyway, there was there was like allegations of like these 14, 15 year old girls on the tour bus with their moms like <laughs> doing terrible, terrible things with these 29, 30 year old musicians. Right. And it all came out. It all came out recently. Right. So they're, they're kind of on whatever. So they are on tour. And they stop in Sioux Falls. My, I work at a guitar store. A lot of my coworkers run tech for like venues. And so they're telling me the next day they have a, they have like a purity guard at their bus. Like anywhere fans could interact with these people. There is like a dude, like this big muscular dude. That's just like, no one gets in, no one gets out. Like there's no way you're everything kidding. takes place in the parking lot in full view yeah. of the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that being said, with all that happening, there are still hundred women with their mothers that are underage outside waiting for them to come to the tour bus. 
<laughs> like insane. Um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, <laughs> I can't say his name, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants, the actor. You know who I'm talking about? No. Um, he was in The Matrix. He was in Sopranos. He was in I think mm-hmm. Anaconda. Okay. Yep. Joey, talking about. In, in the Sopranos, apparently, which I've never seen, not for any other reason than just I've never seen that. But it, apparently, he in the interview in the podcast, he said that he started getting letters from women after the episode aired, where he beat the shit out of a woman. So his character beat the shit out of a woman, and then women started writing to him like, "Hey," and I'm like, <laughs> "Who are you people?" Maybe but that might be some primal shit, though. There's a dating. There's a dating website for uh, women seeking men in prison. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, I I, uh, I can't think of his name, and that's a good thing. The the Stoneman Douglas shooter. Um, they they said like he was in prison a week and started getting messages from men and women. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I mean, just like what the fuck is wrong with Charlie Manson? Got married in prison, didn't he? You up? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry amazing um you know i had a thought then i lost it dealt with forgiveness um as a person that's that's benefited from forgiveness i i i i am saddened by the lack of it in our society (laughs) right like Mm -hmm. um you want to share your story or you want to just i'm I'm a i'm a recovering drug addict Okay. So I've been, I've been, I haven't had um, drugs in uh, 12 years. So um, I I still occasionally partake in a a little uh, whiskey, but whatever. I haven't done drugs, which was my real issue. Um, And so I betrayed a lot of people's trust. I, you know, um, I never really stole, but I lied and, you know, uh, swindled and all that kind of stuff. and, you know, my parents specifically who putting me through college and I'm blowing it on, up my nose and, yeah. you know, down my gut and whatever I can put in my body uh, picked me up, <laughs> like picked me up from college. So let's go home. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I got I got a second lease on life and oh, my life's great. I have a great life now, but only because. I was able to get up on my feet. I had a platform to stand back up on because mm-hmm. of their forgiveness. You know, I didn't talk mm-hmm. to them for three months and I love my parents. We've always had a good relationship and just three months for a whole summer, they couldn't talk to me. And so, like, and then I called them August 8th, 2008. I say, Hey, uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I need help. So then they're right there. Right. So like, that's I'm I'm a big big proponent of forgiveness that people change. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, but it, and it also makes me think um, that on a societal level, when we're talking about lack of forgiveness, not only is it a lack of forgiveness, but we seem to have this idea of not only don't forgive, but you stay down there. Like if we yeah. kick you down, then you stay down. And again, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it just popped into my head. Um, there was an article two weeks ago uh, from the guy that used to be on sports night uh, actor who wrote a, a, an article on why is Mel Gibson still allowed to work? And it's like, because if you know anything about him, you know that he 
you know, went and apologized to Jewish leaders and, and did listening sessions. And, you know, it's like he put in the effort to be a better person. That's why. But, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is you did this thing. We've kicked you out of Hollywood. Stay the fuck out. I mean, there, there's a lack of forgiveness. And well, people grow. And that's the thing. Yeah, we, 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 well, we seem to not want to allow people to grow. Well, you're just going to discount the rest of Radiohead's catalog because you only liked Creep, you know, people grow. <laughs> Actually, High and Dry is better than Creep. And I mean, yeah, most but, of Radiohead, I do not appreciate. Um, I, I find it not listenable. The Beatles, how's that? Oh, they're good. Right. You, you only want help stuff, you know, you don't get, you don't get <laughs> yeah. my guitar gently weak. What? It's Sorry, funny. I like the Beatles, but don't own anything by them. I never, I was never a, a Beatles fan. I was always a, if they're on the radio, I won't change the station. I don't know why. I think Ooh. I have a whole book of how to play Beatles on guitar right over here somewhere. But that's uh, awesome. I don't know how to play any of the Beatles on guitar, but I have a book. Get him, you could get him the uh, Paul McCartney Bates Lines book. He could use I, I refuse to call him Paul McCartney. He is Billy Shears and will always be Billy Shears. <laughs> Who? Uh, do, do you know this? Do you, no, you I don't know. Is- is, is this like a Bono the Edge Sting thing? Is is that is Paul have a different name, or is so Paul, is this Paul, Paul is Harvey, dead? Paul is dead. Okay, replaced by the band Billy Shears. Got right. you, got you, got you. Um, got you. It pisses everyone off when they think I, I love believing that. I know there's not, there's very little proof. Right, very little. Like it is it, as in none. And wow. But I still believe it wholeheartedly. I, <laughs> I, I know it's wrong. And, and it, it pisses off my wife. It pisses off my wife's family who are huge Beatle fans. And, I'll just, and they'll be like, well, I went and saw Paul McCartney. I was like, oh, how was Billy? And, <laughs> is that why you do it? Is that why you believe it? Just to just to just I, the, the a little bit of that. But I also like I also like the idea of uh, an entire country thinking that the world would go into disarray unless this pop star is still alive. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I like to think of like MI6 going around to different MI6 agents with a picture of Paul McCartney, right? And being like, we could get you there. You know, you, you, you know how's your, how's your falsetto? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, Are you left-handed? Yeah, yeah. Can you play the bass? No. All right. That, that's fine. Right. Like it's, um, that's fine. Most bass players can't either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's. I really love the idea Ooh. of that. That and I really love the idea that Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters is actually Kurt Cobain. <laughs> uh, that one I have not heard. I because I came up with it. Oh, um, it's not. Barry, no you can put your light back up because now you're all shadow. Let me see if I can do it without getting up. I was trying to not get up, but I think oh. I can. I think I can work it out. There's not a lot of conspiracy theories, I believe. I'm a pretty big skeptic, but I, I hold on to the Billy Shears one because I, I really love the lore. I you mean, know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I know there's no proof. <laughs> well, it's like I did. I said 10 minutes ago, I'm going to, I just created it in my own head. Aaron Rodgers is trolling people. He said, what's going to, I've already pissed off this huge segment of society. What can I do to bamboo shoots under the fingernails? Ooh, it's way more fun. It's way more fun. Yeah. It's way more fun to live that way. 
That's all I'm about. That's all I'm about. <laughs> you guys are funny. Yeah. If this podcasting thing doesn't work out, you guys should get into comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other uh, can of worms. <laughs> is this where I plug my stuff now? <laughs> yeah, we can start wrapping it up. Uh, what time is it? Well, we've only been going 40 minutes. Yeah. but uh, I, I don't well, think you know, the, I was... the, the, the wrap up always takes 10 minutes anyway. Okay. Well, is there anything we, uh, we, 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 we weaved and bobbed and went back and we hit sort of a, a natural question. breaking point is you said you're a musician. What do you play? Yes. Ah, I'm a bass player. I play guitar a lot these days. Do a lot of slide guitar. Ooh, and when bass. I met him, he was a drummer. So he's, he bounces around. Yeah. I, I have commitment issues. Um, yeah. so you sound like, yeah, a- yeah, I was, uh, I was a working drummer. Then I was a working bass player. Now I'm, and well, I doubled for a minute. Now I'm a working guitar player, bass player. Really cool. So oh, it's like yeah. Dave Grohl without the what same kind of, money and uh, exactly what uh, kind of what kind of music? Um, mostly kind of roots and bluesy rock stuff these well, days. I suppose you're playing slide, right? That's, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, how about I, what I what learned. I I'm I'm a I'm a white guy with a guitar. Okay, I guess <laughs> play a lot of a lot of five chords. You know? Do you write any songs about how Hillary's bad at blowjobs? Because I mean, <laughs> there's a whole market for that. Yeah, we're I'm, all I'm looking in, for that. That I'm in the market. state where all of those albums are bought. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy's platinum. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, no, there's not enough people in South Dakota to make a platinum album. Uh, I was the, gonna say, is that like a Canadian gold where it's uh, you know, one tenth the records? Yeah. No, the <laughs> Uh, I don't play anything well. Okay. I, I play guitar a little bit. I can play a little bass. I'm I'm really good on electronic drums. Uh, okay. But then you get me on a real drum set, and it's like, oh, you actually have to hit these the same way every time. Um, <laughs> I can I can I can play sta- uh, um, lean on me on piano. Mm-hmm. So like right. I can I can do enough to work right. at a guitar store in any department. Okay, sure. But not enough to actually be a musician. Right. that's funny like i don't have any practice or dedication or uh, music theory i went into college as a as a as a singing major Mm -hmm. and then uh realized i really like cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) i was was gonna say something but you caught me with that one that was fucking funny i kept Um, i kept my i kept my scholarship but i didn't get into the good choir you know You 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 said you're good enough to work at a music store, but not good enough to be a musician. Guitar, uh, is that a matter of knowing your limitations, or or not believing in yourself enough? I think uh, not believing in my limitations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a little bit of both. I I have a I am getting better. I've been playing a lot more. I just got I just got my first electric guitar in. Um, right after i got clean i pawned a bunch of stuff to pay rent and so i hadn't had an electric guitar in a while and so i just got these these are the waza air headphones mm-hmm. that yeah. uh they are they're super cool and then i just got a uh fender mexican telecaster uh mm-hmm. frank frank in nashville mm-hmm. uh, so like it's not nothing stock on it it was returned mm-hmm. to our guitar store when it was bought, it was a uh, <coughs> Nashville Telly with a maple neck, and somebody 
stole the maple neck and put a rosewood neck on it and then returned mm. it. <laughs> and so, and then, so I changed the, I changed the pickups. I added a, a Gilmore mod and a, mm-hmm. a series parallel option. Sorry if this is all mumbo jumbo, but uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. No, okay. I, the, we Barrett and I met at the Berkeley college of music. I'm a former, former bass player. Really? Be, That's yeah. we were roommates. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, Nate. Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. That's um, all. Well, when I made the joke about uh, knowing your limitations, I uh, think about that not often. But um, you know, I was in a band in my twenties, and we—I I mean, I listen back. I'm like, tell him the name. Being a, a passion of Christ guy, he'll do. Yeah. Um, there was potential there that I believe there was potential. What was the name? What was the uh, name? Gethsemane. It's it's a long horrible story. It's it's we we couldn't agree on a name, so we picked the worst fucking unspellable, unpronounceable. And yeah, then like, because it's yeah. biblical, it people thought we were Christian. Google. Yeah, hilarious. But part of the problem was when 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 the band broke up. Uh, Joe's Garage. Anyway, um, uh, I, I I took a long hard look in the mirror and said. I'm not a bad bass player. We were good as a unit. I don't, I'm, I'm no sting. I uh, like, I could write songs like Bon Jovi, but could I then meet Peter Gabriel and go, I'm a musician too. This is mine. Whoa, we're halfway there. Like, I don't know how Bon Jovi does it. Like he, he has either incredible self-conscious or just he's aware enough to go, yeah, I suck, but I don't care. But when I became a comedian, even when I sucked, I still, I had in me like, okay, but even if I meet, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld, I'd feel comfortable saying I'm a comedian too. And, and I didn't have that as a musician. So Mm -hmm. like I, I, again, awareness of limitation or adding pressure on myself. Like I'm, I, you know, because I believe I'm not good enough. Therefore I'm not good enough. I don't know. Hmm. I tried to mute my sneeze earlier and I, I, got, I didn't. And then I muted after. And now I'm going to start sniffling because the sneeze uh, has, has let the mucus flow. I know I'm not a musician because I don't practice. Like I have no interest in, in playing or learning a song. I just like to play. Yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Isn't that any- what a musician is though? You don't have to learn songs, but if you just love playing, isn't that like the part in your soul that needs fed? So I would, I would argue, I would make the, the, the counter argument is a person that's done two open mics, a comedian. Okay, fair enough. Right. So they, we, they tend to think they are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I have enough where, wherewithal and I'm around enough actual musicians who um, I feel it would be an insult to call myself one. Right. I, I, I give no, I give no actual blood, sweat, tears work towards that craft. Now, um, perfecting podcast recording and uh, live albums. I record Josh Alton's album, which will never come out. Um, love him <laughs> to death. And I didn't uh, even know we had recorded one. Yeah, we recorded one at Felix and Oscars, which was it was fantastic. Um, oh, but, nice. Um, so I I do like a, a little bit of recording, and I have. What do you a, charge? Too much or too little? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 close to my next album and i've always done it myself but uh if you can make it sound nice yeah let's talk about it it's mainly my business partner who does a lot of the stuff um i'm just kind of a 
just kind of in the background but mm. um all right well but yeah like i i love i love that i love gear i'm a gear mm-hmm. head right i'm a sneaker head i'm a dead head i like all these things but i don't um i can't uh i'm not committed or um try to put in the work to make mm-hmm. myself like irrelevant in that world field but i don't want to um mm-hmm. i don't have the drive or the passion for that particular field i love it but and so then it begs the question are you happy where you are because there are two ways of going about that there's the one like mm, i'll never be a musician and you're like you know what i'm happy where i am there oh, yeah. i don't yeah. need it no 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 i mean i'm i'm thinking about i would love to be i would love to sing again i haven't sang mm-hmm. in a long time and so i'd like to sing again but I, i'm am i going to contribute to a band that needs a you know a bassist or, or a guitarist or a drummer or anything like that. No, I can, I can sing and uh, I'm trying to learn the harmonica because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to join a blues band. And uh, <laughs> I think, I think they, there's not enough 30 year old white men singing the blues. I'm going to say you're right. There's a real shortage. Oddly enough, I just saw this woman on Facebook. I want to say she was Italian. Or maybe Spanish from Spain, Spanish, you know? Sure. Uh, As we say in Trump's country, non-American. Right, exactly. Um, But uh, she has a harmonica tutorial thing, but she was like really killing, like she could really play, like all this really great stuff. And she made it look so easy. Like harmonica, like it looks simple. It's a simple instrument, but it's not actually easy to make it sound good. No. Mm. Like a lot of people really suck at it. And yeah. the people who are good at it are really good at it. And do you know what they do? You know what the people that are really good at it make it make it sound like? Like it's a simple instrument. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They really. I, do. I just saw. I just took my dad to Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. um, and they have a harmonica player that just stands up there and does play, plays the harmonica. He doesn't talk. He doesn't have banter. He doesn't have. They don't ever throw to him. Like you, they throw to him for like harmonica solos, but like that's it's crazy. That they have him <laughs> instead of a saxophone player, right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. and that that's mind-boggling to me. I have a hard time figuring out what key I should use. Right. So like, I'm still very much beginning uh, sure. on the harmonica stage. But I bought one for my car, and if I think it's in G, I'll I'll try uh, to just play along with whatever song I'm listening. To. Yeah, man, that's the move. When yes. when, uh, when my when my group comes to town, you'll have to come sit in with us. We'll, we'll do like a, we'll do a yeah. shuffle in E. And you can actually even sing some. You come sing some stuff, play some harmonica. We'll do like uh, got right. my mojo working or something in E. What's minor. your band? It's Katie Henry band. It's just it's a blues rock thing. So let's talk. Let's town. let's let's segue into yeah. that. Uh, Barrett yeah, Anthar Goodwin is the musical director for the Katie Henry band um yes. give your promo um yeah katie henry music.com katie henry music on all the socials um k-a-t-i-e yep uh, k-a-t-i-e yep and henry um, like john henry mm-hmm. cool and let's see new single drops the january 14th and last week you said you would send me the video and oh, you didn't I could, uh, I could do that today though and um 
The first single is already out, On My Way, which is the name of the album, which drops January 28th. Release party at the Stanhope House on the 21st, which was the original release date of the album, but it got pushed a week. Yeah, and then we hit the road. We're on the road for a month. Not a month straight, but like, you know, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back on Monday. Well, now you got another uh, hookup. You reach out to Sioux Falls, Nathan. If you can get anything in Milwaukee or Chicago, then you come through Iowa City. Sioux Falls Mm -hmm. is six hours away, Mm -hmm. and then you backtrack home. But you you could get hours from Minneapolis. Yeah. And then there's a sweet blues bar in Lincoln that does comedy on Sundays. Which I can't get to respond to me. I've I've been hammering at that place uh, about their Sunday night comedy show forever. I'll hit them up. Oh, cool. All right. Well, Well, aside from Katie Henry, we have antargoodwin.com, which is where you can find uh, if you need uh, bass lessons online or or all things uh, Barrett Antar Goodwin can be found at antargoodwin.com. If you need the musical director to come in and uh, whip your band into shape or put a band together for you for a for a gig, a a one off. Mm -hmm. That's your man right there. Musical director Barrett Antar Goodwin. Nathan Holtz, what's your promo? Sorry, one second. Did you would you teach me the fame baseline? David Bowie's fame. I could do that. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. I could do that. You can figure that out on your own. You but if, put your headphones I mean, on and actually, just listen. Then you play Nathan it. Nathan could teach that to you, though. Yeah, you put oh, your yeah, headphones on. So you're a bassist. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what are you promoting, Nathan? Tell, tell okay. the world about Nathan Holtz. So, uh, big deal, Holyfield. Boss's uh, Comedy Club, which I opened four years ago. Yes. I'm, I'm no longer a part of it. Uh, they are moving to a new location. They bought the sweet building in a town just next to Sioux Falls in T South Dakota. May and, I interrupt you? Yeah. But that's fantastic because for the longest time you were just sort of part of other businesses. You, you were. In- so, so, no, so no, I'm part of them. Still, this is still the other business, right? Okay. But so, it's, it's a new. Uh, so the, yeah. the, the whole business is going to be new. So it will be pizza and comedy. So no. No, it's the same model, right? Right, uh, right. No, that's that's a good model. I like that model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like this this pizza chain bought a a steakhouse and has changed it into a sports bar. Okay, and it's a it's a legendary steakhouse. The building was built in like 1910, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a super cool old building, and they are moving the comedy club to an event hall in that building in t south dakota and i will be performing i'll be headlining that first show and that's january 15th next weekend uh, next weekend um mm-hmm. i hope this comes out in time if not you yeah this will come out in the next day or two depending on how lazy i am we record on tuesday <laughs> and either wednesday or thursday it drops sweet mm-hmm. um so that's please come to that if you if you don't no worries but um the big thing that i have to promote and i have to talk about is we have a comedy festival called the snow jam comedy festival which I, I became president last year. I, I was I co-founded it with Dan Bublitz and Timmy Williams, who are fantastic ge- gentlemen. Uh, but we've added new people to the producing ship. We we are a fundraising festival. So we're I was just going to say, let me interrupt you. I was going to say, I, I know of this festival. I've never performed. But you guys are not a, hey, uh, give us all your money, comics. And uh, thanks. You are a, hey, let's raise money. And you yeah. give it to a fantastic cause. So this is our sixth year. Ooh, I yeah. have never, I've never received a dime for yeah. producing this festival. Like no one in the, in the whole board has ever made money 
off of this. What we do is we take every dollar raised that we, that doesn't cost us to, you know, like advertising and all that kind of stuff. Right. But every, every dollar that is after what we've had to pay for it um, goes straight to the special Olympics in South Dakota. Yeah. And so this year is new because we're actually a 501c3. So we're actually our own nonprofit, which is a big deal. It's not really like a big deal for like you as a person who's going to come watch the show, but it is a big deal for us as an organization where we can do a lot more and raise more for mm -hmm. this great organization, uh, Special Olympics South Dakota. And to interrupt again, I apologize. Yeah. Eric Trump, if you're watching slash listening, this is how you fucking do it. You don't take the money and then keep it and say you give it away. No, this is how you do it. You fucking uh, charity stealing pricks. I understand. Like I've worked for other nonprofits and I understand you need like we don't raise as much money as other nonprofits, but we also don't pay people to raise money. Right. No, so, no. I'm saying Eric yeah. took everything. Eric Trump. Would just, yeah, no. you know. yeah, yeah. Nonprofits are, are, are anyway, we don't have to get into that. I'm, I'm trying to promote the good parts of this. Yes. <laughs> um, every i can't stress and you just have to take me on my word i guess but i'll show you the financials right <laughs> but like the every dollar that we raise on top of what it costs to put on a festival will go straight to the special olympics south dakota we, we just cut them a check at the end of the year so um what we do is we bring you 30 comics to sioux Falls, south dakota uh the greatest place on earth at the worst time um <laughs> we bring them here the third week of january and uh, we, we, we do 30 comics. We do three stand-up comedy shows that are just straight stand-up, right? Just like you tell me your funny jokes. Then we also do three theme shows. So they're like shows that uh, force you to think outside the box or work, make comedians be a little bit more um, um, on the spot and kind of stuff like that, right? Like one was Roast Yourself, where uh, you, you did your set and then three comedians wrote roast jokes for you to read about yourself. Um, oh, I, I like it's, that. It's a it was a phenomenal show. This year we're having like punchline punch out, so everyone in the comedianship gets a couple subjects, uh, two three days before the show, and then they have to write jokes on that subject, and they go head to head against people in a bracket style tournament. <laughs> right, so it's punchline punch out. It's, it's so like they, we have these crazy theme shows, and then a couple years ago we got approached by uh, Kevin McDonald. And so we had him at the festival we were never going to be like a headliner festival, but it went over so well and we raised, we helped raise a lot more money. So we were trying to do that. And this year we, uh, we made a couple extra shots and got them. So uh, this year is kind of the biggest year ever. We nice. have, uh, we have a uh, Dennis Regan, um, Brian Regan's brother, who's very, very funny in his own right. And has a bunch of TV credits and has been in the business for a long time. And then we have, um, Mary Mack and Tim Harmston. Um, so Mary Mack of solar opposites mm -hmm. and last comic standing, Tim Harmston, dry bar, funny comedian, tours are all around the world. But um, did you, did you get Aaron Rodgers' brother from the bachelor? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. no, but I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dennis Regan, but he is, he is phenomenal. He's very, he's very funny. Brian always says he's, he's the funnier one, but, um, but he's not Brian, right? But it's still <laughs> close. So we're very, very excited. That's happening January 19th through the 22nd. Passes are available. Please go to Snow Jam Comedy Festival. That's snow without the W, snowjamcomedyfestival.com. S-N-O-J-A-M. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have your own website that you want to promote or do you sure, not yeah. have a... Nathanholtz.com. 
um, and at Nathan Holtz on all social media. And then I do have a podcast where me and my my gay Republican friend uh, talk about what made us cry every week. Now, does he um, <laughs> live in South Dakota? He used to. OK, because I was going to say he, he'd have to be Republican to live in South Dakota, but he's not allowed to live in South Dakota because he's gay. So it's an interesting take. Is no. The... Yeah, he's he's, he's he's I would say he's a Republican in recovery. OK, mm. right. What's so the name of your podcast? It's called the Town Crier Podcast. So uh, we, we literally talk about what made us cry. We him and I both love to cry. So a lot, of, a lot of Disney and RuPaul's Drag Race talk. Did you see <laughs> Spider-Man uh, No Way Home? I haven't. I have a three-year-old. And so there's you not take a the three-year-old. I took my daughter when she was, I don't know, to whatever. I don't know. I don't. It's that the theaters are still very full and I'm not interested in ruining everyone else's experience with my. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just so go it's, not, it's not it's not that I'm not selfish. I'm very selfish, but gotcha. I, I just I just, just saying don't. I. I got a little emotional during that. There, there was a moment, no spoiler, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Got me. Didn't, didn't, didn't cry, but I'm like, right there. I'm on the edge. You, you got me, Spider Man. And was, I, it was, it was, there was a very tender moment. And I will cry at most State Farm commercials. <laughs> just not the one with A Rod and uh, and no, Patrick no, Mahomes. Not those. Not those. No. Just any sentimental. Where they're trying to make you cry, I they get me. My wife cries at the, and I have to admit, I didn't cry, but I'm like, holy shit. The new Apple Watch commercial that's been airing on, uh, yeah. Oh. So it's real recordings from 911 calls. Uh, so you, oh. it's not actors. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm alone. I need help. And, and yeah, it's, they're, they're, they're powerful. They, they... Did you see the Samsung commercial where they have like their, their Skype and then um subtitles no and this deaf man gets to call his son i'm sorry this deaf man gets to call his son for the first time ever yeah gets to talk to i, I how many how many how many videos have you seen where they put uh, the glasses on the baby and it sees the mom for the first oh, time i mean just i'm done the baby li- dog seeing someone come home from a military leave yep and, and and honestly, and I know this makes me a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> I, I I get more moved by the dog than the kid one. <laughs> Kids don't know, right? Dogs like realize it in yeah. a weird way, right? It's just like because you you don't expect them to love and care. You know what yeah. I mean? For animals, right? Yeah. But a kid, it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, you should feel that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Are you All right. Bad, or is he a bad dad? You know, like, if it's, it's like, so. Oh, uh, you guys are funny. Well, <laughs> I have a, a small yeah. update. Yes. Yeah, Nathan, what, what do you got to promote? Well, I just found out this morning that the audiobook version of We Are 100 is slowly rolling out. It is Ooh. currently available on Google Play. Nice. And another place that I haven't heard of that I'll write down for next week. But as it slowly rolls out, it will end up on Audible and Apple Books and all the places. But Google nice. Play is the biggest place that nice. We Are 100, the audiobook, is available. Awesome. There was another review that dropped today. Today is the fourth, correct? We are recording on January 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, the review was positive. The only thing I remember was a book blogger had just said, Brilliant was one of the brilliant take Nathan's. So the book is We Are 100. 
Uh, paperback, Kindle, and hardcover are available on Amazon. And as the weeks progress, the audiobook is beginning its slow roll into society. So if you don't like oh, reading, but you awesome. do have long commutes, you can now listen to the book as you drive or pop in uh, head, uh, earbuds and do the dishes or... Yeah. I, I wanted to make a joke, but I wasn't sure like how crying? to make it because... I wanted to say pop in the earbuds and do the dishes or vacuum. And I knew that vacuuming was a joke, but I wasn't sure how to sell it without sounding stupid. Like I liked the idea of conflict between a noisy machine and, uh, you know, or mow the lawn, but I, I, I wanted to make the joke, but I dropped out at the last second because I wasn't sure how to sell it. But either way, go to NathanTimmel.com and right there on the front will be the link to Amazon. And uh, as, as the audiobook become book becomes available, I will start uh whoring the shit out of that so oh, there you go. Nice. thank you for listening or watching depending yeah, on what you did or and or listener nathan thank you for joining us and anyone yeah, nice to meet you man anyone that signed up for my mailing list that uh, gets the the podcast email uh and that listens anyone from sioux falls or the south dakota area i was just in watertown i had four or five people sign up Make, make the drive to Sioux Falls and check out Snow Jam Comedy Festival. So much fun, man. I, All the it, money goes to a good cause and fun. So it's like a it, bonus. It's not like the shows yeah. sell out. If that we're in our sixth year where we had to move to bigger venues this year, we've tripled our capacity. So that's we fantastic. Have, we have yeah. to, you guys have to come. <laughs> so, yes. or yeah, you know, awesome. whatever. Uh, hopefully, I can <laughs> donate my services sometime. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, everybody. Bye.